Welcome back to Mind Science, episode 26. In today's episode, I want to take a deeper look at the concept of desire and attachment, and more specifically, how we overcome our attachments. Now, perhaps the most commonly quoted line from the Buddha is when he said, You suffer because you desire. And this is a statement that's commonly misunderstood for new spiritual seekers because words can have many different meanings. So it's important to distinguish what kind of desire the Buddha means. A desire in the spiritual sense of the word does not mean simply wanting to do anything. So for example, if I feel hungry and want to go make some food, or I want to go see a friend, or I have an urge to listen to some music, that's not the kind of desire the Buddha is talking about. A desire without attachment is neutral in and of itself. It could be seen as simply a want or an impulse. A desire in the sense that the Buddha is using it is placing an expectation on a future moment to fulfill me more than this moment. It is the attachment to an outcome. And this is also why we say in Law of Attraction teachings that being attached to an outcome will actually block you from manifesting it. Why? Because attachments are actually a lack mentality. Whatever you chase after means that you're implying that it's running from you. If you believe you need something, you're implying that you don't currently have it. So let's take a closer look at what attachments are and why we become attached to outcomes. The ego can be seen as the part of our mind that believes it can find its completion in positive, pleasurable outcomes. So there's always an outcome on the pedestal for the ego, and our entire relationship towards life itself is determined by that outcome. Rather than letting life live itself, we start telling life how we want it to live. In other words, the tail tries to wag the dog. So of course, because we make ourselves into an enemy with life, we suffer. You have to suffer from doing this because it isn't natural. The universe is self-organizing and self-correcting. Psychological suffering is the means by which the universe seeks to correct errors in perception. Until what we think and perceive makes us happy, we continue to suffer. So we are forced to continue changing the way we look at it until it doesn't hurt us to look at anymore. This is how the universe communicates a big thumbs up to us that we are perceiving reality correctly. Once the way that we relate to reality doesn't cause us to suffer anymore, we know we are perceiving reality correctly. We have moved back into alignment with the way that the universe actually is. So if attachments are what make us suffer, that must be because they are actually a resistance towards reality. So we, the limited mind, are trying to tell the all mind that it is wrong and we are right. So the universe, being self-organizing and self-correcting, will begin to correct that error. So in any moment when you are experiencing psychological suffering, in that moment, you are the universe moving out of alignment with itself, and your higher self is attempting to correct you. Suffering is the source's mechanism for course correction. So 
It's important to understand that it's not the universe as an outside source inflicting suffering onto you, but you are inflicting suffering onto yourself. You have moved out of alignment with your true nature, so of course you suffer. You're supposed to suffer. Thank God it hurts when you touch a hot stove, otherwise you might burn your entire hand off without realizing it. So it's only you who are doing this to yourself by perceiving yourself incorrectly. And this is what the Course in Miracles means when it says, this is the key that holds the truth to all of salvation's power, that you are doing this unto yourself. On the other hand, having total contentment with what is and never being attached to outcomes is what creates the state that we call bliss. And this is really the most clear and obvious thing in the world if you just stop and think about it. If you don't want anything from the world, then you can't suffer because the world can't disappoint you anymore. This is what the Buddha described as emptiness, the state of being totally free of all external desires. And even though the logic here is very obvious, the reason that we don't trust emptiness is because our ego says things to us like, well, you can't just not want anything because then you won't have any fun either. You'll just become a lifeless, drooling moron, a frontal lobotomy patient. What could be worse than that? So you see, suffering will be totally worth all the fun and pleasure you're gonna have. So we shake hands with this idea and the devil sucks one more helpless victim into the pits of hell. This is the ultimate sleight of hand trick the ego plays on you by promising you happiness from that which can only hurt. Think about it for a minute. Desires cannot be fulfilled. They can only be multiplied. It is the satisfying of desires that creates more desires. The more you have it, the more you want it, the more you need it. So desiring for an outcome to fulfill you can only ever let you down. It cannot make you happy. It can only perpetuate your unhappiness. It has only ever seemed like an outcome made you happy in the past because you simply misinterpreted the reason for your happiness. Happiness actually comes from the collapsing of desire not the fulfillment of it. Happiness is simply the state of pure being, or as the Buddha called it, emptiness. So think back to any moment you can remember where you were extremely happy. Maybe from spending quality time with people you love, going on a vacation, or seeing a movie that you wanted to see. You'll quickly realize that any moment you can remember in which you were happy, was simply because you did not want anything in that moment. You got the thing that you wanted, and so the desire for it collapsed. And in that collapsing of desire, you became totally satisfied with the shape that the present moment had taken. Let's look at another example. You saved up for that Corvette for five years, and the moment you drove it off the lot, you were bursting with joy. Now, you believed it was because the car gave you joy, 
But of course, that can't possibly be the case. The car is just a hunk of metal. It has no actual meaning in and of itself. You've given it all the meaning that it has. You were only happy because in that moment, you were no longer living under the assumption, I will be happier in the future when I get that car. So like a self-fulfilling prophecy, that's exactly what happened. It's not as if you place your hand on the car and you feel joy and you take your hand off the car and you feel unhappy again. The car isn't giving you anything. You simply delayed your happiness to a future moment. And you are the god of your reality, so you have every right to do so. But when you got the car, you were only happy because in that moment, you did not want to be anywhere else, doing anything else, other than exactly what you were doing. In that moment, you moved into total alignment and agreement with the present moment. Perhaps then, happiness is not dependent on circumstances. Radical idea, I know. But what if it were true? What if happiness is simply agreeing with the present moment? You can test this out for yourself mentally and see what conclusions might be drawn. Let's say that you didn't end up buying that Corvette that you saved for because there was an earthquake that leveled your house and you had to spend all 100k on home repairment bills. Now your ego will tell you that this is a circumstance that implies you must suffer. Sorry, no way out of it. Yet it is only a problem if you say that it is. Circumstances do not matter. Only my state of consciousness matters. So I could, for example, have the attitude of, oh, okay, I thought that money was for a Corvette, but now I see that it was actually meant to repair my house. That must be exactly what needed to happen. So because you agree with the present moment, you don't suffer, do you? Well, no, but what I lost all that money and I didn't get my Corvette. Yes, but it's only a problem if you say that it is. You can't predict the future, so you don't actually know what's best for you. Maybe you would have went joyriding in your new Corvette that day and wrapped it around a telephone pole at 90 miles an hour. That happens to people all the time. So we should never be so arrogant as to think that we know better than life what's best for us. We don't even know what mood we're going to be in for dinner tonight. <laughs> so this is something A Course in Miracles teaches, that you do not perceive your own best interest. How often do we chase after things that we don't actually want? The things that we think will make us happy wind up making us miserable. The things that we think will hurt us actually make us stronger. We keep recreating the same problems for ourselves again and again yet we think that we know what's really best for us. We do not perceive our own best interest. So instead, learn to trust in life. Live with the assumption that everything is ultimately working out for your highest good. This is called living from acceptance. You no longer seek to change the moment, but you do stay receptive to what the moment is asking of you. The moment is always working for your highest good because it's always offering you choices that you can make to help you spiritually grow. So being desireless doesn't mean you don't ever take action in the present moment. 
Quite the contrary. If you see somebody getting mugged, for example, and you're in a position to save them, then life is asking you to be the hero of that moment. You can accept the invitation or not, but life put you there to give you that choice. So when we agree with the present moment, we always do the kind, loving thing. Why? Because when we do the unkind, unloving thing, we are the ones who suffer because we have moved out of alignment with reality, not the other way around. When we believe that something outside of this present moment can give us more fulfillment, we have moved out of alignment with reality. There are two basic ways to transcend your attachments and free yourself of desire. That is, the way of yoga or the way of boga. The word yoga means union. A yogi seeks the transcendence of attachments through union with the higher self. It does not indulge in carnal pleasures but transcends them through contemplation. The word boga in Sanskrit means indulgence or enjoyment. So it is the path towards achieving enlightenment by burning yourself out of desires through indulging them. To give yourself the experience of every carnal desire and allow it to show you the hard way that it can't satisfy you. So you could also see these two paths as the service to self path or the service to others path as taught in the Law of One. The key to success on the path of Boga is to go into it with your eyes wide open. Don't just live your life with a blindfold on, but be conscious of every choice you make. So if there's some desire you just can't get away from, and you're really convinced it's going to make you happier, then there's nothing unspiritual about saying, okay, I'm going to give myself this experience. I'm going to do this and see if it actually does fulfill me in the end. And you'll find that no matter how great the outcome is, you always want it again almost immediately. So it is the satisfaction of desires that leads to misery and disappointment. Like water that makes you thirsty, no matter how many times you get it, you always want it again. So in a sense, it's always as if it never happened. That incessant primordial itch inside of you hasn't gone anywhere. In fact, it just keeps getting stronger. And that's because fulfilled desires create more desires. So when we chase the outcomes that the ego wants, we strengthen the ego's belief that its completion can be found through outcomes. So simply take the ego at its word and see if the desire does actually fulfill you. And if you find yourself wanting it again, then you'll quickly see that it's obviously never going to happen. So you may as well stop the chase now. This doesn't mean that you don't do anything or have hobbies or enjoy your life. It just means that you don't have any attachment to the outcomes of them. You don't believe that any of those things can give you greater fulfillment than you already have right now. Once we can experience pleasure without clinging to it, we also can experience pain without resisting it. And resisting pain is what suffering is. Pain without resistance towards it is just pain. So if I get a huge bill in the mail, my mind will initially interpret that as pain in the moment. But I can quickly say, okay, I accept this. 
This is what life has dealt me, and so life will see me through it. This is why transcending desire means transcending suffering. Because once you stop chasing after pleasure, you also naturally stop resisting pain. The two go hand in hand. So here's my final takeaway point for you. Our desires are what lead us to the experiences that we need to learn the lessons that our soul has not learned yet. This is the reason that all of us are here. Our souls incarnate into this third density plane in order to work out the karma of our unmet egoic desires. And we will keep reincarnating back to this third density plane until our only desire is for God itself. There is truly only one desire in the universe, which is the desire to know yourself. This is the desire that gave birth to the entire universe. And whether you realize it or not, it's actually the only desire that you have. Our desire is the catalyst that is leading us to the final realization that the only thing that can satisfy me is the knowledge of my own being. So because desire is the bridge that we must cross to find liberation, it's not that we should shun our desires, but that we should actually expand them. To desire something greater than bodily pleasures and fleeting experiences. To desire something eternal and everlasting. And to keep turning up our desire until it becomes so great and so wide that only the supreme reality itself can satisfy it. Thanks for watching.